to the program. Good to have you. The Bill Michael Show on the air and uh, enjoying a, a Monday. Coming back into a, out of the bye week for the Green Bay Packers. Coming back into a week in which we're going to start talking about Packers football and uh, Badger basketball gets a win. How about Marquette? That's a fun team to watch as well. They go into Notre Dame, knock off Notre Dame and the Fighting Irish in front of Craig Council, by the way, who was on hand yesterday uh, down in uh, South Bend. And then, uh, you know, as we sit here and start to look at the teams that are on the rise or solidifying themselves in the NFL, you still have a little bit of hope if you're the Green Bay Packers and the fan base as to whether or not they're going to be able to uh, to overcome the, the hole that they dug so early on this season and so consistently. Then you get the story that comes out that, on one hand, Jordan Love is feeling confident. He's feeling really good. Every time he steps onto the field, he's ready to go. You know, a nice story about him and Madison.com, and Mike Clemens has talked about it time and again about his situation. And then you get the rumors that, well, if Aaron comes back, he's going to demand a trade. Going to demand a trade. Okay. That's fine. You don't really have much standing to demand anything. I get it. We can say you haven't proven anything. And he can also say, why well, haven't had a chance to prove anything. I'm sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Packers don't have to do anything. They can say, you know what? Demand all you want. You're not going anywhere. If you don't want to come in, don't come in. You don't get paid. <laughs> you know, you're not in a place to demand anything. But I don't. I and I said this before. I, I, if I'm him, I would want to sit behind Rogers all this time and Rogers' uncertainty, wavering back and forth. But this whole situation was made possible by a really badly timed pick that's it that's it the whole situation was made possible because of a pick that shouldn't have been made you know so 877-867-1670 i just you know We'll wait and see. But, you know, as far as the, the possibility of him demanding a trade, he can demand anything he wants. But when you're under contract and you're in a rookie deal and you have not done anything on the field, you've basically been on the field three times. One game, you didn't play good. The second game, you played a half, didn't play good. And the third game, you played series, two of them, and you look pretty good. You look like you progressed. We give you credit for that, but that's it. But that's it. So am I concerned about it? No. Is it going to be a distraction? No. Mm-mm. No. The distraction is going to be the what Aaron Rodgers does at the end of the season. That's the distraction. That's it. If I am Aaron, I... And again, this is just strictly me thinking. But going through everything that Aaron's gone through and seeing it, and hindsight being what it is, I think what he did in regards to making the front office aware of some of the things, the perceptions of the way they were versus the way the players were being treated, I commend him. He took a stand. We always say, look, if you believe in something, stand up for it. And he did. You commend him for that. I think the statement early on in his career of, I don't want to be 
like Favre. I want to make decisions. I want to be emphatic. He has become Brett Favre. He is living in that that world of, I can do this. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm Brett Favre. I can do this. To the point where it, it wears on people. It wears on people. Uh, we talked about this last week, that there are, everybody in that locker room looks at him as a superstar. Some love the fact that they're playing with him. Some look at him as a guy that, well, he's a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do-anymore guy. Some say that, you know, yeah, I'm really I'm excited to, that we have an opportunity to win. But we also know that we can play with our guy, a younger guy, a guy that's more our level, a guy that's grinding with us and not telling us what to do, a guy that's not calling us out, and Jordan Love. Doesn't mean they don't want to play with Rodgers and don't respect him. Just means that there's guys in there winking a nod that we got we got our guys back. So I just think if I'm Rodgers and what you need is to get next season off on a right foot, I think you take a few weeks, you make your announcement, you're coming back, you go all in. You go all in. You wrap your arms around. If you want the organization to wrap their arms around you, you better wrap your arms around the organization. And I'm talking about the guys in that locker room, coaching staff, support everybody. Not just saying it, but doing it. Support everybody. So that's just me. Get in there. Do anything and everything. Show them that, a, that, that an aging veteran does needs to do even more to stay on top of their game, not just say, I'm going to go work with my trainer. I mean, you can still do that. But when it comes time to be there, be there. Be the first one there. Live that Live that example. Not in the crazy way that Russell Wilson does, but you get what I'm saying. That's just my opinion. Because you got to get next year off on a right foot. You can't point at other guys and go, go coach him up, and I'll be great when I get there. Maybe they can be on my level. I don't think you can do that. 877-867-1670. Uh, Ryan says the 49ers, my 49ers, as he puts it, a complete team. Defense and those weapons on offense. Hopefully Purdy does uh, just enough not to screw it up. Hopefully you get Debo Samuel back. That's a big loss. If he's out, let's just say minimum four weeks, at least you would assume you're going to get to the postseason and then see what happens. You know, then see what happens. Watcher says you can't blame Love. Love uh, sitting back there four years feels like he's wasting his talent. I think it could be a huge distraction next season. Um, it's only a distraction if he's a starter. Otherwise, you're not a starter. You know, you're not a starter. I I agree with you. I I don't blame him. If if look if I'm a if I'm drafted into the NFL, and I want to play and I'm a competitor, I want to play. I want to be there. And I don't want to sit. Be, I don't want to take the reps for a guy who just doesn't want to be here. He wants to come riding in on the horse, and look down on everybody and say, "I'm here now. Now you can be great." To hell with that guy. I'm the one putting in the sweat and the work. I'm ready. So I I completely understand it, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. But Rogers has the ability. Because uh, complicated fella says, hey, if my boss tomorrow brought in a new employee and was training him for my position, I would probably be up. I would probably up my game if I actually gave a crap. Rodgers did up his game after love. He did for a couple of years. Back-to-back MVPs. Worked hard in the offseason. Worked on his legs. Worked on things he needed help with. But 
made it known he would like to be part. He, he wanted to be a part of the organization. He wanted to be consulted on decisions. He wanted at least to have his input heard. He wanted certain guys brought back, kept with the organization. He got everything he wanted. Right? Sure he did. I think that, you know, just because you did it for 12, 13, 15 years ahead of time, I, I don't think, you know, and you can say, well, you you were the one putting the effort in. He was. But that's that's what you do. That's your craft. That's your job. And, oh, by the way, you're being paid close to $50 million to do it. <laughs> you know, let's not forget about that. But I agree. So what I if, agree. What if GM Rogers says no to the love trade and then love is unhappy because the quarterback has the say in the front office? You know, here's the thing. Love doesn't have... He he doesn't have cred. He just doesn't. He was a he was a draft choice that they they went up to get. When Jordan Love, and I get it, he's a competitor. He wants to play. But he was not projected to be a first round guy. They went up to get him and and rose him to that level. I mean, there's one or two publications that said it, but if you start polling other teams when other teams were talking about it, nobody thought that Jordan Love was gonna be a first round guy. And if they did, why isn't anybody calling to say, hey, man, we got to trade for this guy? He, sh- he was a first-round talent. He's just sitting there wasting away. In a quarterback, in a, a, a desert of quarterback drafts this year, why, weren't, why wasn't anybody calling to get a hold of Jordan Love? You know? Jordan Love, I, I get it. I understand it. I appreciate it. I'm glad he wants to play. But you just don't have the cred to stand on right now. We've seen you in a game against Kansas City. You look bad. We saw you in the second half of the game against Detroit. You look bad. And we saw you in two series against the Eagles. And you look good, like you've progressed. But two series is not a career make. Do you agree with me? He doesn't have any cred to be able to say, I demand a trade? I do. And then also you factor in the fact that like, when you have a backup that you're not paying any money, that's the best situation for your team. Right. I, I guess that begs the question of, in theory, what could happen for the rest of this season to change that? Like, is there a scenario where he has something to stand on if he plays well or not? Well, that's just it. If he should say, um, you say the Packers lose for whatever reason, they lose on Monday night and they're just out. We know Oof. it's over. They're done. They lose on Monday night to the Rams. It's over. Okay. Let's say that. Then you bring him in. And if he goes out and beats the Dolphins and beats the Vikings, and beats the Lions. Then you've got something. You know, it's what Goody said. We wanted to see if this guy, we know he's progressed, but we want to see if he can win. Well, let's see, let's see if he can win. Let's see if, if the offense looks better with the exact same set of guys, if he does exactly what the offense calls for with the motion and the movement and everything and not second-guessing things and whatever, and he runs it, gets in and out of the huddle on time, they're not running the play clock down to one, all that stuff, and it looks good then he can win. But if he comes in and looks like he did against the Detroit Lions in the second half of last last season's last game, if he looks like he did against Kansas City, and that, that two-drive guy that we saw against the Eagles is nowhere to be found, all he did, all he did was hurt his credibility. That's all he did. And hurt his, his what trade value there is, he hurt it. So if you are sitting right now as one of these teams in the NFL, and you're thinking to yourself, you know, we we might trade for a quarterback. Now, remember, this draft is going to have more than a few quarterbacks in it. So let's go through the teams. New York could be looking for a quarterback, right? 
I think New York, and then after that, uh, what, Pittsburgh? After that, uh, you know, do they believe in Tannehill in Tennessee, or he's, is he a placeholder until they really find a guy? They need one in Indianapolis, Houston. Nobody needs one in the AFC West. Nobody needs, because they, they believe in Daniel Jones, and so nobody believes maybe you make a change in Washington, but probably not. Uh, then you look over to the NFC North, no. Tom Brady's going to be walking away. Maybe Tampa Bay does. Carolina, you start to look through the rest of these these teams. So there's about seven teams that would be looking for a quarterback, of which maybe there's three, four decent quarterbacks that are coming into the league this year, maybe five. So you would assume that somebody would be calling to say, we want Jordan Love. What do you want for him? Can they get right now? Is his stock high? Of course it is. He looked good against the Eagles. But if he comes in and plays like crap, that means he's got two and a half games of bad and two series of good. I'm not giving up much for him. Maybe a third. So to to, to, to be Jordan Love and say, I'm going to demand a trade, what credibility do you have? You, you wouldn't have anything. Now, if he comes in and he beats the Lions, he beats the, the Vikings and beats the, beats the Dolphins, then psh, his stock value goes up probably at least to a low first or high second round draft choice. But I right now, you don't have much cred. You don't have much capital to be able to say, yeah, here we go. Here's a... Agree? Yes, uh, I, I do. I do. I, and I think a lot of those teams are in interesting positions because... Like the Titans took Malik Willis and a bunch of them took project quarterbacks already last right. year. The Falcons took Ritter and now he's going to start this coming right. week. Um, the question is, would you rather have going into next season, Jordan Love or Bryce Young, who is set to be one of the top guys taken? If you were one of those teams, not the Packers, obviously. I'd want Jordan Love. Because I, I don't think Bryce, I don't, I don't think Bryce Young is, is as good as everybody's making him out to be. That's just me. So I guess the point I would try to make is, like, yeah, C.J. Stroud looks like a great prospect, and if you're number one, you should take him. Texans probably will. But after him and with those other options behind Bryce Young, I, trading whatever pick for Jordan Love might be smarter, except the fact you have to pay him in a year instead of in four. Mm-hmm. But I think other teams would be foolish to not try to seek that out, given you know how, how much of a crapshoot drafting quarterbacks is. Um, yeah, no, I, I would agree. And, and I, look, I'm not a Bryce Young fan to begin with. I, I, I thought he was overhyped on that particular team. And boy, you talk about, uh, Caleb Williams, big weekend wins the Heisman, still not eligible to go and, and go into the NFL. So he's got a shot at winning it in back-to-back years. Um, oh, Drake I, may the kid from North Carolina too, is a right, freshman, right? And he's ridiculous. Yeah. So he's solid too. So, you know, it could be interesting, you know, but, uh, but I, I just Bryce Young, I've never been this big, big fan of. Just never have. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seven. You want to find us? Please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Again, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hang out. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Ran- at Cunis uh, RV. Cunis RV, Wisconsin's best and fastest growing RV dealer. Go to Cunis K U N E S Cunis RV dot com. That is Cunis RV dot com. And it doesn't matter if you're looking for a fifth wheel, a travel trailer, motorhome, whatever it happens to be, camper van. 
They have them. They, and they've got buying power, too, so they give you a better price because they continue to grow. Their dealerships are expanding all throughout the state of Wisconsin and now well beyond the borders also. So make sure you get a hold of our friends at Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. Go to CunisRV.com. This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. from Boondocks uh, came uh, over this weekend. We had a great time. Uh, we really did. A lot of great music, a lot of good fun, uh, but it was good to have them in the house. Uh, I've talked about our friends at Boondocks, barbecue burgers and brews. Uh, Tom couldn't make it. His son, uh, he was visiting his son, but uh, the, some of the staff came over, and uh, Stacy and her sister and friends and such, and uh, out on County Road K in Oconomowoc, tremendous, tremendous food. They've got uh, Scott Barrent live 8 o'clock on December 16th. They have the cookie decorating luncheon at noon on the 18th. Monday night football with the Packers on the 19th. So a lot of good stuff going on at uh, Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. We had, we had a great group of people that were in the house on Saturday night. So a lot of fun. By the way, uh, our friend uh, Ian Rappaport says, uh, the Cowboys offensive tackle Terrence Steele tore his ACL. He is out for the season. One of the team's best linemen and a big part of their future. A uh, normal tear uh, should be good to go for camp next season. But the offensive tackle Terrence Steele of the Cowboys done for the year with a torn ACL. So that's never good news. Doesn't matter for who it is. But there you go. Um, 877-867-1670. Again, 877-1670. If you want to hit us up. Um, the, uh, which, uh, Ben Kenny says, this also begs the question regarding Jordan Love, uh, is the worst case scenario for the Packers, Jordan Love going somewhere else and then becoming a superstar. Oof. Oof. See, I, I don't know. I, I see if, if it's like people yesterday that were tweeting out, how's it feel to see Amari Rogers catch a touchdown pass? Who cares? I don't care. Frankly, I was did you, I was did quite pleased by it. No, I was happy for him. Like it seems yeah. like he's some somewhere where he could thrive. That was cool. He it felt like he got into the doghouse with this team and it just couldn't get out of it. And the problem with him was not catching passes. It was the fact that on punt returns and kick returns, the guy couldn't hang on to the damn ball. He nobody did that to him but him. Sometimes you go to another place and you just go, oh, okay, I can just, I can play free now. And it works for you. That's great. And that's fine. But it wasn't like, you know, he got so far into the doghouse that, you know, he was just hated on. No, he couldn't catch a damn punt. Period. That was it. He coughed it up. You wanted him gone as fans. So it's like, I don't want to hear it. They wanted him gone. Amari Rodgers catching a touchdown pass for the Texans didn't bother me one bit. Not one bit. Nothing. I guess my question is, would the worst case scenario be in your mind, love having to start, let's say, in a year or two years when Rodgers is done and being bad? 
or him going somewhere else and being very good. And they would have had to trade him because of the dynamic. I think their hands are kind of tied here. I think if love is your starter next year and he's bad, you will be because you have to make some kind of decision on him. Right. You're going to make a you're at the end of this season. You're, you know, other than just pushing the button on the fifth year, you're going to make some kind of decision. You're either going to sign him to an extension or you're going to trade him away. One of the two. One of the two. If you sign him to the extension, you're force feeding him to this team and to this fan base. If he is bad or average at best, then you've committed to bad or mediocrity for the next two, three, four, five years, whatever it is. That's what you've committed to, and a lot of money. If you let him go somewhere else and he's great, so be it. It doesn't hurt you. You're still in the same situation. You're still going to find a quarterback, groom them, and then hope that they're good for your franchise. But it, it you know, you you, <laughs> it, when you commit money to a bad player, you force that player into playing. And in football, you're only as good as your weakest link. And especially in a quarterback-driven league, if you force money to a bad quarterback and he can't perform, he's not that good. We've seen teams do it. You've paid a guy because he was the best available at the time. And you were stuck between a rock and a hard place. Well, it's Carson and Wentz's you, whole career. There you go. You know, Andy Dalton comes to mind. Andy Dalton had a good year in Cincinnati. Then they committed the money. He was never good after that. Joe Flacco, he had the good year, took him to a Super Bowl. He was the best downfield passer ever to pick up a football and, you know, shut up. It was you won because you had an incredible defense, a stifling defense. And you ran into a team in the Super Bowl that, quite frankly, they were a running team. It was it was Colin Kaepernick running the football, and you figured out a way to stymie him, and that's what they did. And, he, and it turned out he wasn't that accurate. And then there was a power outage, and you got momentum back, and you won. But it wasn't because of Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco had a good year. After that, they paid him a lot of money, and they stuck with him because they paid him a lot of money, and he was just bad. He was a bad quarterback. He was mediocre. So you pay a mediocre quarterback, and then you have then you you're stuck with him. You have to make a living on that guy. It just it it's it doesn't happen. You know, didn't didn't happen. Uh, did it bother you when Micah Hyde became a Pro Bowler after leaving the Packers? No, never did. I, you know, when guys are here, you kind of root for the guys. Sometimes grass is green, and you can see you can see what's going on behind closed doors sometimes here, and then when they go to other places, you know that. Because you know, here's the thing with some guys. Okay, if they flourish elsewhere, it could be a couple of reasons. One is they just it took them a long time to finally flourish. That's it. It's that simple. Okay, I mean, I remember 2014 NFC Championship game. Micah Hyde didn't even know to be on the field for a two-point conversion. Didn't know. Seattle converts it. It's one of the reasons they ended up coming back and tying that ball game and ultimately winning. Micah Hyde had no no clue where to be. He didn't get it. So when he, he when when things the tumblers all start to click into place. And it's somewhere else. Well, two, one of two things. Maybe three, the field started to open up for them. Or three, they got into a situation where, one, they were playing every day. Two, maybe they got a coach that was that explained it to that particular player better. So, And sometimes it's just coaching. 
you can have nine guys on a field that look great, that they all get it, and two guys, they just they can't grasp it. And nobody in that organization can really teach it to them. It doesn't make you a bad coach. It doesn't make bad players. It just means you just don't get it. Then you go somewhere else, and they focus on you, and then there's a coach that says, let's try it this way. And you go, oh, okay, I get it now. Everybody's had a, a problem at some point in their life in school, okay? Mine, I was a straight-A student until I got to the eighth grade. I ran into a, a, a bad math teacher. I just didn't get it. And she was somebody who belittled you if you didn't get it. So I didn't ask questions, and I fell behind. And then I get into high school my freshman year, and I struggled. But I, I ended up, I, I, I sat with a, a teacher after school who went back to what I should have known coming out of the eighth grade and said, okay, let's do this again, and said, get it this way. And I went, oh, okay, I get it. Everybody else in my class in the eighth grade pretty much got it. I just didn't. And then I run into a teacher that taught it to me. It doesn't mean that teacher was bad. Just was they were bad for me. So you go someplace else and you get it. Same thing with with Amari Rogers. Maybe he's gonna get it. Maybe somebody got to him. You know? It is what it is. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. It's that simple. You know? Um Let's go to, uh, let's see here. This is real quick. Anthony just says uh, the top five teams right now in the NFL are simple. It is the Philadelphia Eagles, the Buffalo Bills. Then he has the Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco 49ers, and then Kansas City Chiefs. He says, uh, I have more faith in San Francisco's defense than I do Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Fair enough. Can't argue with that. Fair enough. Good stuff. We got stock up and stock down coming up here in about an hour from now as well, so stay tuned for that. We'll talk more about just that, you know, just that coming up here in a little bit. This portion of the program brought to you. I've mentioned it before. We're going to be at Stenny's coming up on Wednesday night. Hope to see you there as a face in the crowd. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle. It's brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Six to eight Wednesday night. We're going to be down there. We're going to have some uh, some wings ahead of time. A little few Bud Lights to wash it all down. Some of the Bill Michaels garlic cheese bread. Oh, so good. And then we're going to have a couple of hours of uh, getting you ready for Packers chat. So come on down Wednesday night. We're going to be at Stenny, second and National Walkers Point, Milwaukee's best sports bar. Kind of the cheers of Milwaukee. And we hope to see you there. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Uh, to do last night down at the Nice Ash Cigar Bar, downtown Waukesha. They had it, G's uh, Suits and Cigars, with uh, a nice group down there last night. It was really cool on a Sunday night. Everybody got dressed to the nines, man. They had a cigar tasting and a party and great music down there. It was G's first annual Suits and Cigars, and it was uh, it was it was a huge. They had uh, Maker's Mark and Lee Alexander last night, and had a big event. That was that was really cool. Uh, down at the nice ash so the nice ash.com that's the nice ash.com uh 323 west main street downtown waukesha keep supporting keep supporting local down there uh, the nice ash.com nice ash cigar bar boy really really good time last night uh 877-867-1670 let's get to the phone calls let's go to bill bill welcome to the program man what's going on hey big unit um i have heard you say on many occasions Mm-hmm. That twelve sixty five red china because they don't tell you anything. 
Correct. So with all due respect, and I'm not trying to be a smart aleck, how do you know that other teams have not been asking about Jordan Love? Uh, because others have said they have not called on Jordan Love. I'm only going by what the national reporters basically have said. Uh, and I know that uh, I know that Gudikins said, yeah, they fielded a few calls, uh, that he did have some calls, I guess, but it wasn't like the phone was ringing off the hook. But other teams, when asked about did they make a call on Jordan Love, said no. Well, that's a decent answer. Thank you. No, no have problem. You too, buddy. Appreciate Dream it. of <laughs> constant Chinese porn. Is amazing. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go. Uh, <laughs> out of nowhere. Uh, Matt says uh, it's time to get uh, get uh, let Rogers go. Uh, on and on and on. He said he also talks about Rogers, uh, the diva and such, and then he says injury prone. The thing about injury prone, Rogers really isn't. He's not. He's not dealing with anything that any other quarterback hasn't dealt with. You know, he's he missed some time because of uh two different collarbone breaks. That's it. Injury prone is means basically you're you're missing games, you know. Uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't missing games. Carson Wentz is injury prone. There you go. There you go. But Rodgers is not missing games. He 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 missed some games because of his uh, broken collarbone. But you go through his career, and uh, no, that ain't happening. Ain't happening. He uh. Let's see here. There's twice in his career, since 2008, he missed seven games in 2013 with a broken collarbone, and he missed 10 games in 2017 with a broken collarbone. Since then, other than when they had a lead in which he sat at the end of the season, he has never missed a game. So when you say injury prone, you have to be just dumb to say that guys play hurt yes they get banged up okay we've seen it from everybody everybody gets banged up everybody's ailing ankle gets rolled up on thumb gets hit whatever hand you know whatever it happens to be guys get hit hurt all the time it's whether or not you're missing games because of it there is not one quarterback in this in this league that is, is, I think Rodgers missed one game because of a concussion. But there's not a quarterback in this league that does not play with something ailing them. They're banged up because of some reason. It just doesn't happen. So to say he's injury prone, that's, that's just wrong. <laughs> it just is. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Adam says, uh, hey, unit, uh, I don't think it's time to move on from Rodgers. You have him in your stable. You ride him until he can't take you anywhere anymore. I still think he's a quality quarterback. Just having a down year just needs to hit the reset button. I don't even know if it's a down year. I think it's a learning year. I think um, – We'll we'll talk about this when we come back. But but is this a fair assessment? Is this a fair assessment? 
Aaron Rodgers, pretty much since he came into the league, has been blessed with really good receivers. Whether he's had five or one, he's always had a safety net. For years, it was Jordy Nelson. You, you had Randall Cobb early on. You had Devontae Adams. You know, you had Greg Jennings. You had Donald Driver. You had Jermichael Finley. You had all these guys, all this talent. And then one by one, guys left, retired, what have you, right? To the point that finally the last piece of the puzzle was gone. And you had to bring Randall Cobb back to feel good about things as kind of the safety net, right? I think when you look at this season, for Aaron Rodgers, this was a season of learning. That it's not, you you can't just go on the field and be great. It takes a relationship. You build it both on and off the field. Like he did, you know, he and Jordy used to ride to work together. You know, he and Devontae had a really good, just a symbiotic relationship. There was guys that he worked with that just got it. They'd already been, kind of been developed by the time he got there, and then he kind of took it to another level. And and they made him great and vice versa, you know, because it's always the chicken or the egg. Did Jerry Rice make Joe Montana or did Joe Montana make Jerry Rice? You know, no one will ever know, but they worked great together, right? So I think this year was, hey, Cobby will coach him up. I'm going to come in. I'll be there. I'll be my usual self. I got a little bit of say. I'm feeling my oats. I'm feeling pretty good. We've got a good run game. Tanya will be back. I got big dog. I'm good. Bach will be back. I'm good. I've got this. And you get then you get there and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. I don't have this. The defense looked really good in uh, in training camp. And you were thinking to yourself, does the defense look good because the defense is that good? They're exactly what we thought they were, or is it because the offense just looks as bad? <laughs> they're they're not what we expected them to be. Oh, it's the old old, Graham Mertz conundrum. Yes. Yes, you are 100% correct. So I I think this was a learning year. And as time went on, and as a little bit of trust was being built, Romeo Dobbs began to emerge before the injury. Cobb was Cobb. Cobb was having a solid year before the injury. You know? Uh, Lazard, you discovered, is not a number one. And he's not a number two. And he's maybe a number three or number four. But he's not a number one. So don't, don't, you can praise him. He's a good guy, but don't act like he's the savior. Like, ah, Devontae's gone. No big deal. We got Alan Lazard. Stop. Nowhere near the same cat. Nowhere near. It was obvious to a lot of us, but now they learned inside the walls of 1265. That's true. And then Christian Watson made a big catch and they went, whoa, wait a minute. You get him the ball. This guy, he just glides. He's not even running. And people can't catch him. Just getting the ball. You got to go back to him. And he had a big drop. They came over to him. They said, we're coming back to you. Just do it again, but just catch the damn ball. And he did, and he hasn't looked back. It's a learning year. I expect them, if Rodgers comes back and pretty much all things remain the same, for the most part, there's probably going to be a little bit of change. But I, I would expect them to be better. I just would, just because of the growth of learning this season. And then, obviously, an addition or two. But correct me if I'm wrong. If you think, no, this is it. Never going to get any better. Never going to get any better. You know, that type of thing. Uh, not going to happen. Uh, 877-867-1670. Matt says, Cobb gets hurt every year. Oh, I've said that, Matt. 
I said, like, Puxatawney Phil looking for his shadow. The one thing you can count on is the death taxes and Cobb's going to get hurt and lose anywhere from three to six games every year. Doesn't matter. Absolutely. Stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up. Coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers may be shorthanded at outside linebacker as they prepare to host the Rams on Monday Night Football a week from tonight. Kingsley Enigbare suffered a leg injury in the final plays against the Bears in Chicago last week. The rookie outside linebacker has been filling in for Rashawn Gary after he suffered a season-ending torn ACL. Enigbare says that Gary offered his help and advice shortly after learning that he was likely done for the year. So pretty much right after the game, when uh, first thing he saw, he said to me when we saw each other, um, pretty much that he's gonna be here for me. Never, like he trying to like keep me going. I'm like, dang, he's supposed to be reversed. Like, so that just goes um, to show what kind of man and what kind of teammate he is, man. Um, kind of looking out for us and pretty much he ain't said anything about his injury. He was just came to the like to our position groups or whatever and just expressed to us that he was going to be here for us. But, yeah, that just shows what kind of man he is. The Packers' defense is ranked 20th this week, far below expectations. Packers GM Brian Goodekinst. I think, and I've said this before up here, like we, we do have a lot of talented guys uh, on defense, um, but they got to come together as a team, you know, and that, that takes some sacrifice on their part as well as everybody in this building to be if you're going to be a good team you're going to be a good unit and there's a lot that goes into that um, again we've got a lot of you know a lot of season left you know we've got four games that are really important to us around here you know and i expect those guys to continue working towards that and in detroit the lions beat the vikings 34 to 23 yesterday to improve to six and seven the vikings are now 10 and three the lions have now won five of their last six games and believe they have a chance to reach the playoffs head coach dan campbell our guys they know they belong they know they belong, and, and they know when they play football like we've been playing the last six weeks, we can play with anybody. That's the truth. That's Lions head coach Dan Campbell. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michael Show. Good to have you back. Hey, if you were looking for a, uh, a night out, Coming up, maybe uh, maybe you're feeling a little lucky. Head down to Potawatomi, Potawatomi Hotel Casino, downtown Milwaukee. Make a night of it. They have uh, music. They have obviously gaming. They have the hotel connected. Uh, they got a lot of good things going on down at Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Go to paysbig.com. That is paysbig.com. Again, paysbig.com. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Coming up after the top of the hour, we're going to talk with Zach Heilprin, sports director, WOZN in Madison. We're going to talk with him. Uh, about uh, the Badgers uh, upcoming. Getting into that discussion just a little bit, so hang in there for that. Again, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. would love to hear from you. Let's get back to the phone calls and uh, talk to our buddy Daniel and Tono, Toma. Daniel, how you doing, man? What's going on? How you doing? I haven't Good. What's up? Yeah, I have, a, I guess, a couple of things. One, Rodgers should not go anywhere, and I think next year will be a better team. Like you said, it's more of a learning thing, and it's always taken for granted. Number two, I asked you a question with Leonard Leonard. He's quitting the defense of Wisconsin. Originally, the Packers wanted him. Is there a chance that he would replace our defensive coordinator? Because I think it is the scheme. I don't think it's in the personnel. Do we have the personnel to run his type of defense to make it better? Not saying that the guy's good or bad, but I'm just 
thinking Leonard seems like to me his scheme would be better. And I think do you think that when the Packers had Brown, St. Brown with us, and they didn't really give him a chance, would have been better off to keep him instead of him being in Detroit. He could have been under one receiver. What do you think? Um, uh, appreciate the phone call, Daniel. I think a couple of things. First of all, uh, Jim Leonard, if he does not get picked up by another collegiate team, then there, you know, my assumption is that the Packers have already called him or at least made some kind of connection with him to say, hey, you know, uh, sorry it didn't work out at Wisconsin, but uh, keep us in mind. Uh, we might talk to you. I don't know if they're actually going to do an interview prior to the end of the season, but right now you're going to have some collegiate teams that are going to start uh, looking for coaches, head coaches. Uh, they're going to start looking for coordinators, and he could end up being one of those guys, absolutely. But if he doesn't get that job, or maybe he's already been told that we want to talk to you if you're the Green Bay Packers, then maybe he just doesn't talk to anybody else about another job because he believes he's going to Green Bay. So I I don't know necessarily that his scheme's going to work better. I just know that a change has to be made <laughs> because defensively speaking, it has not been good. Um, I, I think it's that's very obvious. So there you go. Uh, ben, what was his other question? Do you remember off the top of your oh, head? Oh, about St. Brown. I think he was confusing the two. Yeah. Because the Packers yeah, he, hit EQ. He's in Chicago. Right. Amon Ra was a third-round pick in Detroit, and he's yeah. the stud. Yeah, St. Brown is uh, the the guy that played for the Packers is with Patrick Mahomes down in Kansas City. He's no, I believe Chicago. Oh, Equinemia St. Brown. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes. MBS, Marv Coisvalda, Scantling's in Kansas City, and Equinemia St. Brown is in Chicago. So you are correct. Thank you very much. Yeah, and he's not uh, he's not overly excited. I mean, the guy you're probably thinking of is Equinemia St. Or not Equinemia St. Brown. It's, it's more so MBS. MBS, it would have been better to pay him and keep him here. Not for the money that they're paying him in, in Kansas City. But can you just think about that, though, for a minute? If you had both MVS and Christian Watson and then Romeo Dobbs, if you'd had all three of those guys, the speed of your wide receiving core, now you got to catch the football before you can use your speed, of course. But think about that for a minute. But you're not going to pay MVS that kind of money. That was the big stumbling block, was that they, they would have loved to have get brought him back, but not for the mo- amount of money that Kansas City paid him. It was like, nope, you're out of our range. Talk to you later. Have a good one. Not going to pay you that kind of money. When we come back, when we come back, we're, uh, we're going to talk with uh, our good buddy Zach Heilprin. Talk some Badger basketball. Even a little Badger football maybe thrown in there, but uh, talk some Badger basketball. Sports Director W-O-Z-N in Madison. There you go. Good stuff. Hang in there. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.